Welcome on into the Intern Allen Show, episode 25, quarter of a century of the Intern Allen Show. Um, a lot to talk about this week. Vikings are officially dead. We, we, we've known they've been dead for a while. Um, Wolves 500 for the week again. Um, coaching moves in both the NFL and in college. Big coaching moves. Big coaching moves. Um, we'll talk about the national championship game. Um, talk about the NFL playoffs a little bit. Exciting post game at the end potentially. Um, so yeah, let's get right right into it. Um, this is where I wish I had a uh, theme music playing, but it is what it is. Um, Vikings lost uh, three weeks ago. We're talking about if we go two and one to finish. Beat the Packers, beat the Lions once, um, we'll be all right, and probably make the playoffs. We lost all three games. Um, kind of knew we were gonna lose. Well, I don't know. I knew we were gonna lose this last game. We after we com- like we basically completely quit against the Packers, and I know we're injured, and I know that we played the wrong quarterback, and the right quarterback isn't even very good, and we just don't really have a quarterback. Um, but it felt like that Packers game was our season, and then with basically nothing to play for unless we get a ton of help, was not surprised that um, against the Lions starters for at least a half or whatever they played, um, that we were going to lose. Um, oh, they played the whole game, that's right. I, full disclosure, as you maybe already noticed, did not watch... Um, it's not that I didn't watch the game. I was watching the red zone, and when the game popped up, um, I would watch. It would be on the red zone channel, um, so I'd see that part. But um, pretty much knew that we weren't going to win, and maybe if it got close, I'd tune in. But um, which I guess it was, you know, a seven-point game at one point. But I don't know. I also like wanted us to lose, so I don't know. You can dock my pay loon bosses if uh that was against my contract but um yeah i mean i kind of wanted us to lose and kind of knew that we would so you know all good but it was a 10 point game 30 to 20 um golf threw for over 300 yards nick mullins threw for nearly 400 again um and two touchdowns two picks that's just a classic nick mullins game 400 yards a couple picks Justin Jefferson had 192 and a touchdown to sort of finish out the year for him. Um, and he actually needed that to get over 1,000. Um, ended up with 68,074 and 5. Um, that's receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Um, playing a less than full schedule, obviously. Don't remember exactly how many games he missed, but... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh. Played about 10 games, 11 games. Um, yeah, I mean, Vikings finished the year at 7 and 10. Feels like we were a better team than 7 and 10. But um, I guess 8 and 9 is only one game difference, but that feels <laughs> somehow way better than 7 and 10. Um, lost four straight to finish the year to completely tank out a playoff position um, and kind of hand that position to the Green Bay Packers, which is obviously the worst part of all this. Um, 
will be picking 11th in the draft. Um, <clears throat> so that will be, it's the highest we've picked in a while. Um, I think we had 14th a couple years ago when we traded the rights to Kyle Hamilton, who was probably going to be an all-pro safety this year when we traded him away, basically, um, to pick Lewis Seen later and kind of fuck that one up. But uh, that was Kwesi's first draft, so that would have been two years ago. Um, 14th was where we were then. That's probably the closest we've been to the top 10 in a while. Um, We'll see what kind of shakes out there um we'll get into the college game obviously but um definitely not like all up like definitely not like bought in on penis anymore um as good as penis was in the semifinal game he was that bad in the in the title game but um so we'll see let's uh check out a mock draft maybe you know i'll just google one right now see what see what we're looking at um we obviously need help on the defensive end too so i think we maybe go there and then hope kirk comes back but we'll, um all right so this mock draft is has uh caleb williams drake may and Jaden daniels going one two three which would be crazy. Um, it has us getting Liatu Latu, an edge rusher from UCLA. I don't know anything about him, but um, I guess <laughs> you know. Always good, you know. Always good to have good edge rushers. Um, can't have too many really daniel hunter is not under contract as of right now for next year i believe so if that's uh sort of we go in that direction to replace him type of thing um i wouldn't be opposed because we need that position especially the way the secondary looks but um i'll go into a more in-depth vikings draft off-season moves thing at some point in the next few weeks here maybe after the super bowl is over so when we don't have um playoff games to talk about um because there's going to be a lot of more interesting football in the next uh month or two that has nothing to do with the vikings and i'd rather talk about that than what our shitty team is going to do um before any of the stuff really is in play um i think for now though the big like i feel way better about the idea of, of kurt coming back than i did last week when I was talking about Michael Penis so much, um, I saw, like, this is a example of me seeing, I saw an X, and it was a link to an article and a headline, and I read the headline and did not read the article, um, which I think is a classic move for everyone, but um, it said, Kirk is open to taking a home, hometown discount in the article, or in the headline something about like he's made his money god's blessed him blah 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 um which is true because he's made a shit ton of fucking money as uh you know most of the time top 12 quarterback and not much better than that um he's made so much money um from us and from the commanders and everywhere um so if if he's like especially if he's 
open to taking a discount. I think I want Kirk back. I think the whole, like, let's draft a new one, say, like, see you to Kirk, was assuming that he would try to maximize the deal the way he has in the past. And if that's the case, then I think there's just other holes in the team that we could fill with that money. Um, if he's going to take a team-friendly deal, then he is better next year than any quarterback in the draft, probably. And... Um, this is a team that offensive on the offensive side, at least, is built to win now. If we stay healthy, we have a good offensive line. Obviously, the weapons are um, relatively elite. Maybe a running back is a place where we look in the draft because um, Madison's not the move. Ty Chandler's good, but I don't think he's a full workload type of guy. Um, and you can get good, really quality running backs in the fifth round or the like third round or whatever. So, um, And I don't know who those names are at the moment, but... Um, I wouldn't mind that. And then we've probably got to draft secondary for the 10th year in a row. Um, just to not sort of get exposed there. Um, but, I mean, overall, like, we're going to talk real quickly about the season as a whole. I think without injuries, this team is a very interesting team going to the playoffs. Not on the level of Super Bowl contender, I don't think. But I think somewhere around, like, where the... Where the Dolphins were, like, two weeks ago before they completely collapsed, I think is how the Vikings would have felt, where, like, we know some things are wrong. We know this team isn't a complete team, per se, but on a certain game, they can show up and play really, really well and beat anybody, and that is something that we've seen this year, um, beating the Niners early. Um, and sort of some of the form we found in the last couple of weeks with Kirk. Um In the middle of the year, we were a really good football team. At the beginning of the year, we were terrible. At the end of the year, we were terrible. We started with a four-game losing streak. We ended with one. And in between, we were seven and three. So, like, um, is that right? That math didn't add up. In between, we were seven and two. Something like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we didn't start with a four-game losing streak. Was it a... We lost four out of five or something like that. We were one in four. Anyway, you get the message. Um, an encouraging team defense year, I guess. Um, and that it seems like there's a real something to this Brian Flores scheme, that especially if we get healthy again, hopefully upgrade the personnel on that side of the ball a little bit. Either get Daniil back or get a replacement for him. Um, that I sure hope Daniil Hunter is actually like a free agent, and I'm like not making that up. I, I got to look that up to make sure I'm not spreading misinformation. I feel like I'm remembering that right, but I don't want to be wrong. Um, did I make that up? Did I make that up? Yeah, it was a one-year deal that he signed last year. So, yeah, I'm right. I'm right on that. All right. Credit to me. Um, so either bring him back on another one-year deal, I guess, or draft his replacement or find his replacement some other way. I don't think we can just, like, let it happen and hope that good things are happening. I would love Jared Verse. I'm a big fan of that guy. 
Um, he's an edge rusher from Florida State. I don't know if he'll be at 11. Probably won't be because edge rusher is a, a premier position, and he's probably the best one in the country. So um, it depends on how quarterback happy they get early probably, but I imagine he probably goes before us. Um, this guy from UCLA, I, I don't know. I assume he's sick if he's, you know, ranked in the top 10 and is an edge rusher. Like, I'm sure he'd be super fun to have on the squad. But um, we'll see. As I said, we'll do a whole draft in an offseason thing at some point when I know more. Um, let's move on to the games that mattered more. Um, as we mentioned, the first one uh, that we, you know, probably care about the most was the Packers beating the Bears to uh, essentially clinch a playoff spot. Um, beat them 17-9. to nine. was not a good game in, that, in really any way. Um, Jordan Love was good, but, I mean, he just is good. He just is good. I, I, like, I don't know what to say. Like, they, the Packers, like, they did this thing where, like, obviously the quarterback thing is like, okay, they had Favre, and then we were like, oh, Favre's done. And then they had Rodgers. He was sick and one of the best players of all time. And then he's done, and we're like, oh, Jordan Love sucks. Like, he's a late-round pick. He showed up in a couple preseason games. It wasn't good. Um, and we're like, all right, now's the time. Like, we're done. Like, you know, in the beginning of the year, he was bad. But then, like, and obviously he's really good now. And, like, while that was happening, they just have, like, a ton of second, first and second year receivers that are all just also really good. Like, like they drafted Romeo Dobbs last year. He's good, right? Then, like, Jaden Reed was, like, a third, second or third round guy for them, and he's been, like, great all year for them. Scored eight touchdowns this year, nearly 800 yards. And then Dontavion Wicks. Like, who the fuck is Dontavion Wicks, and why is he scoring two touchdowns in a game they needed to have? He's, like, low-key also really good. Especially in the second half of the year. So it's like... Yeah, they did the quarterback thing, but also, like... Three really good young receivers. And that's not even mentioning, uh... What was the other guy? Was it Bo Melton? Was that the guy I was thinking of? No, it's not him. Um, I'm thinking somebody else. I don't know. Um, but like those three guys are like good receivers for them, and they have a decent young tight end, and Aaron Jones still has a little bit of juice. Like all of a sudden, that like they're incredibly young, but like good, and that's like exactly where you'd want your team to be. So I mean, if you're a Packers fan, like you're, I mean you're on cloud nine right now you just beat the vikings down their season essentially then you beat the bears your two rivals to make the playoffs and you have a brand new quarterback and a bunch of young weapons that are fun and the defense has been bad at points but you're gonna fire your defense coordinator and it's probably gonna be better next year like i it's looking real good for them which sucks which sucks they will get killed in the playoffs i'm sure but I mean, they play the Cowboys at home, so, like, that feels like they get killed game, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, as for the Bears, they obviously have a huge decision to make. I think, I think the decision is to 
take Caleb Williams. I think that's the move. Um, and then get, get whatever you can get in a trade for Justin Fields, which is probably a lot because a lot of teams would like to have him right now. Um, a lot of teams that definitely need a quarterback but aren't in that top five range, um, which kind of is us if we don't get Kirk. But I don't really want Justin Fields. I don't think that makes sense for us. Um, I don't think it makes sense for the Bears to trade with us. But um, I think a team like New Orleans, like Atlanta, um, teams that are won too many games this year to be in a real like prime quarterback picking position in the draft – especially if, like, three go in the top five. Um, I think some other teams. Maybe Seattle is in there if you don't like Geno. Uh, Denver, obviously, too. Um, like, there's going to be a huge market for Justin Fields. They're probably going to get a lot of good value out of it after already, because they had him being able to trade a first-round pick and get a bunch of value. So kind of cashing in on him twice now and then getting Caleb Williams at the end of it, which is just great. Um, and as bad as the last few seasons have been for the Bears, like, they're in a great spot. Um, whatever. Other games that actually mattered. The Steelers beat the Ravens 17-10 to to punch their playoff ticket. The Ravens did not play Lamar, so not a lot to say about them there. Um, Steelers did enough to make the playoffs. Mason Rudolph has been a kind of a revelation the past few weeks. Um, and when they looked horrible after losing to the Patriots and the Colts and the Cardinals... They looked completely out, like dead. Then they went to Mason Rudolph at quarterback, rattled off three straight wins over three winning teams, I think. I think the Seahawks finished with a winning record. No, they finished 500, but the Bengals had a winning record. And the Ravens are one of the best teams in the... Wait. How are the Seahawks 8-8? Eight and eight? I'm confused. Can't be 8-8, eight and eight, the season's over. That doesn't make sense. That's not right. Am I am I going crazy? They're nine and eight. I okay. The ESPN app is tweaking. Um. But yeah, Steelers three straight wins over three straight winning programs. Um. And one. You know, obviously they beat the one seed in the in the AFC, obviously, without the quarterback. But um, to clinch that playoff spot, they will play the Bills um, in Buffalo, which the Bills won the AFC East, I guess that is, yeah. Um, which is crazy in and of itself. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. All of a sudden, the Steelers were like... I, I said much of the year that the Steelers were like a team that I'd love to see in the playoffs because of how, like, weird they are. It's kind of like watching Iowa in college um, football. Just They're just kind of like weird and they don't play football the way everybody else does. So it's like kind of fun to watch. Um, they turned into like very much not that and, turned, and the team that like is disgusting and sucks and nobody wants to see. But then all of a sudden they are that where they're kind of still limited on offense. But every now and then George Pickens will just score a 70-yarder and then the defense will get a stop and... We'll see what happens. Like, it'll be fun. I think they get killed. Like, the line is literally 10 points um, to Buffalo. But you also never know what Buffalo is going to bring either. So, um, that game should be fun. Texans beat the Colts to go to the playoffs. So, it's basically a win-and-in game. Um, big drop from the running back on fourth and two or whatever. 
will pass out to the flat right off the bricks um, to, to, to lose that game. Um, feel bad for my guy. I don't remember his name. Um, whatever his name was. Jonathan Taylor had a huge game, so they should have just thrown it to him. But um, I didn't even have a rushing. I did. He's a running back. Literally didn't have a rush. Um, his name is Tyler Goodson. That's his name. Had two targets, no catches, one drop. Attaboy. Um, Stroud was good, efficient, 20-26 for 264, two touchdowns. Um, they were not able to run the ball the way, the way they've been for much of the year, but um, took care of business, going to the playoffs. Um, it'd be nice if they had some of the weapons healthy, but um, they'll be all right. I don't know. They won't be all right. They're probably going to lose. Um, actually, Cleveland. Cleveland's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, I would say... I like Cleveland in that game, even though it's in Houston. But you just never know when Joe Flacco is going to turn back into like a four interception guy instead of the four touchdown pass guy. Like that could be any time. He still throws a lot of picks, so like that could always like you're always in a game against them. Um, a lot is going to fall on the Stroud and the offense to move it against that Cleveland defense, though. So we'll see. Um. Buccaneers beat the Panthers 9-0 to clinch the NFC South. Um, good for the Bucks, I guess. <laughs> I mean, they play the Eagles um, in, the first, in the Super Wild Card weekend, um, which, I mean, who knows who the Eagles are. We'll get there. But um, not a lot to say about them beating the Panthers. They should have scored more than nine points, but um, Panthers are very bad, obviously, so is what it is um Bengals beat the Browns that game it does not matter um neither Browns weren't playing their starters Bengals didn't have anything to play for uh Jake Browning's wife is hot um that's pretty much all, all that can be said from that game uh just beat the Patriots that game doesn't matter it's also snowing really badly um Bill Belichick is dead not dead um but he's been fired um, but we'll get there eventually, too. Um, Saint, Saints beat the Falcons to make sure the Falcons didn't make the playoffs, but the Saints also don't make the playoffs. This was the big, uh, like, I mean, it was a blowout for the Saints, and then Jameis scored a touchdown, or Jameis and the team allegedly had Jamal Williams score a touchdown at a victory formation with, like, no time on the clock um, to rub in or whatever. Um Like, I get that you that running a touchdown at a victory formation or, like, running a play on the one-yard line after victory formation is, like, a scumbag move. Because, like, victory formation is the sign that, like, you're not going to run a play. You're not going to try. Everybody's just going to stand up and shake hands after. That's what victory formation is. And... Like, so to, like, run a play after that is bad. And, like, when, I believe it was Greg Schiano was the head coach of some team. I don't remember who he's the head coach of. But he used to, like, and he was in the NFL. It was when Greg Schiano went to the NFL for, like, 
two years and like was not good but every time his team was losing and they like faced victory formation so the opponent ran victory formation they would like essentially do tush push defense against the victory formation to try to like force a fumble or something and then everybody got mad every single time and it was a whole big thing like oh like victory formation is blow so when the defense tries on victory formation we get mad so then the offense can't also try on victory formation because that's also scummy um that being said i don't care who like actually who cares like if you're the falcons you lose you're already losing by 23 points with two seconds left in the game like the game like who cares go home and cry like or go to cabo like it doesn't matter um and if it's about like getting jamal williams one more touchdown then like cool but i also don't care about that like i i don't know i think people like to talk about things that that don't matter as if they matter like a lot and it it it, it does it still doesn't matter like both these teams suck but like don't suck enough to like have any good draft picks Neither of them made the playoffs. Um, like, it doesn't matter. And we don't have to, like, make some big, like, character judgment on Jameis Winston, how, like, how he's a loser or, like, an asshole. Or, like, it's stupid. Who cares? Um, like, people saying they, like, cut him. Like, why? For what? Like, disagreeing with your coach? Whatever. Who cares? Um, anyway. Jaguars Titans. Um... The Titans beat the Jaguars to keep the Jaguars out of the playoffs, which is exactly what the Titans do because they had one of the best coaches in the NFL, and then they fired him. Um, the amount of times that the Titans were the worst team in the game this year and still won anyway, like beat the Bengals with Joe Burrow, like beat the Jaguars yesterday, like in theory they're supposed to be beat the Dolphins, went to overtime against the Texans, lost to the Seahawks by three, like all of these teams are much more talented than Titans are, and they were in those games and won some of those games because of Mike Vero, and then they fired him, and so like this is the part, this is the part like of sports that like makes me like not actually angry, because like I don't care about the Titans in general, but like, there's somebody out there that is stupid enough to fire Mike Vrabel when he's probably the most important asset on that team. And that person has a job in as a general manager in the NFL. So there's 32 general managers in the NFL. For many people, like, it'd be like a dream come true to be a general manager in the NFL. And some of them are just fucking stupid. And, like, how does that happen? That's the part that, like, like I would love to be a general manager in the NFL. And I know enough to not fire Mike Vrabel. And, and like, any football fan knows that he's one of the best coaches in the league. And he's going to get a job in a month, probably, if if not in two weeks. Um, if not, like, Friday, tomorrow. Um, Friday and tomorrow are the same thing. I didn't realize that. Um... So, like, and somebody out there is, like, yeah, he's the problem. When, like, the roster sucks. And, obviously, like, the GM that fired him is the GM that made the roster. And so, like, it's probably trying to save his own ass whatever. But, like, 
somebody out there is so incompetent, and that is one of the 32 general managers in the NFL, which is crazy. Like, how do we let shitty people have those jobs when I feel like a lot of people would want that? I don't know. Um, he should go to the Patriots. It makes a lot of sense. It makes all the sense in the world. Um, Seahawks beat the Cardinals by a point and still miss the playoffs. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Um, Chiefs beat the Chargers by a point. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Blaine Gabbert played it, I think. And, like, I know Patrick Mahomes. I think it was Blaine Gabbert. Um, the Raiders beat the Broncos. doesn't matter. Who cares? Um, but the Raiders are also going to do a stupid thing where they don't keep Antonio Pierce as their head coach, um, which they didn't do two years, which is the same thing they did two years ago when they didn't keep Rich Passaccia, or it was that one year ago, I don't remember, um, as their head coach. When he was clearly exactly what that team needed. Um, same thing's going to happen with Antonio Pierce because, again, another franchise of the 32 just, like, has no idea and makes stupid decisions all the time. Um, all right. The Giants beat the Eagles 27-10. to 10. We talked about the Eagles' collapse last week. Um, it's pretty well documented nationally. Um, I don't think anybody thought it was this bad. I think it was the, like, oh, maybe they're just bad enough to lose to the Giants next week. And then they lost to the Giants by 17. And they, like, played all their players. For a half or so. Like, I think Jalen Hurts played the first half, and then they were already getting killed, and then they just were like, oh, never mind. Like, that was crazy. Like, hot. Like, like they're dead. Finished one and five to, finish the, to end the season. Can't move the ball. Can't really stop anybody. Against the Giants, who are 6 and 11. The Eagles are 11 and 6. And then we're, like, going to. Like, they're still favored against the Bucks, which I still, like, some reason I still think they, le- they beat the Bucks <coughs> in Tampa Bay. But they just lost to a team that's way worse, and they lost by 17 points. And they've lost to bad teams for, you know. I mean, they beat the Giants two weeks ago, but they just lost to the Cardinals, too. And we lost to the Seahawks, who aren't making the playoffs. And the Bucs did make the playoffs. So, like, why are we? Why is anybody picking the Eagles over the Bucs? We're in the three-point favorites right now. Just, like, a crazy collapse from them. Um... I I never listened to the the Kelsey podcast the the New Heights or whatever what's it called is that what it's called New Heights podcast um I've never listened to it I've seen clips on TikTok it's real fun to have a po- podcast with your brother and you're both in the NFL when you're like both in the Super Bowl like playing against each other it's not real fun when you your team finished the season one and five and then the other guy's team hasn't looked good on offense all year and it's like limping into playoffs even though you have the best quarterback in the league so i wonder what like the vibe is like i i don't i haven't seen clips on the podcast recently haven't heard a lot about it obviously there was the taylor swift stuff earlier this year but like i wonder what it's like just being like yeah we fucking lost again to the giants like like do they talk about that on the podcast i don't know um it'd be interesting to listen i know a lot of girls that listen to the podcast because of taylor swift 
but um, it's like their primary listener base, probably. Um, that's, that's a competitor of ours. Probably should not talk about them anymore. Um, the Rams beat the Niners. Uh, Niners didn't play the quarterback, so it doesn't mean anything. Not that their quarterback's any good. Um, that, was, that was a joke. Um, <laughs> the Rams also didn't play the quarterback, and the quarterback they did play is Carson Wentz. 163 yards, 17 to 24, two touchdowns, one pick, so not horrible. Ran for 56 yards himself on 17 carries and a touchdown. So, like, I guess he's prime Mike Vick now. Um, I mean, he played well-ish, I guess you can say. He played well. Had over 200 total yards, three total touchdowns, only one pick, only took two sacks. I mean, you can't sit there and say he was bad not like super high flying in terms of the yards and points scored but he's responsible for all their touchdowns i mean yeah you know shout at my guy anyway uh nine is the one seed and they play uh, the winner of whoever i don't know how that works actually because there's like some reseeding depending on how it works um The Rams, I believe, are the six seed. Does that make sense? Play the Lions. The Lions are the three seed. They are the six seed. Yes, that makes sense. Um, in Detroit, Lions are favored by three. Um, obviously, this is the Goff versus Stafford after they were traded for each other, playing their former teams, all that shit. Um I think Stafford's been really, really good this year. And I've talked about that the last couple weeks. Um, Puka's been a thing, obviously. Uh, Cooper Cup has not had to share the load nearly as much as he did before. Um, but yeah, it's a team that has sort of can beat you multiple ways now, especially with Kevin Williams being pretty good as well. Um We'll see. I think it's an interesting game. I think they definitely can beat the Lions. Um, if Stafford's just kind of on one, it's, hard, it's it's honestly hard to beat him at this point. Um, the Lions are also very skilled on offense as well, so it should be a lot of points in that game. Um, Coverage commanders, doesn't matter. 38 to 10, who cares? Bills, Dolphins, 21, 14. The Dolphins are so dead. Um, and it's not really their fault. They're very badly injured. But there was a lot of... Like, the Bills almost gave them this game four different ways, and they took it in none of them. They they never grabbed it. They Offensively, they looked bad. Tua looks bad. Um, but there are significant injuries on the offensive line. Tua doesn't have time. Jalen Waddle's out, so there's really only one guy he's throwing to. Um, for a team that is, like super talented at at every position but maybe isn't that deep it really hurts when you have injuries and that's probably pretty obvious but i think that's exactly how the dolphins are built top end talented wide receiver pretty good offensive line <clears throat> but if one of those wide receivers gets hurt then we're throwing a robbie chosen formerly robbie anderson formerly good no longer good um chase claypool was out there and and ran the wrong route to have to throw a pick 
or he didn't run the wrong route. He just ran a shitty route. Um, to have through it to a throw a pick to end the game. Um, I don't know to what extent they're able to get healthy by next week when they go to the Chiefs, I believe. Um, but the Chiefs are favored by four and a half. Um, that game feels like it, it. If you would have said like at the beat, like week three or something after the Dolphins are already popping off and the Chiefs are who they are, like we're gonna have a Dolphins Chiefs game in the first round of the playoffs, it'd be like sick. That is gonna be like fucking awesome. I think it's gonna kind of suck. Like both teams haven't been good offensively for a little bit now. They're kind of both kind of broken. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, that's a game on paper where you're like, oh, wow. Like, that's going to be fun. But the over-under is 43.5, which is pretty low for these teams then. Um, yeah. Um, still a fun game, obviously. Um, any playoff game that's close is always fun, even if the football's not bad and they're not good. But, yeah, that's all the games. Um, let me just take a peek at the games coming up. We've talked about them all a little bit. But Browns-Texans... Dolphins, Chiefs, Steelers, Bills, Packers, Cowboys, Rams, Lions, and then Eagles and Bucks on Monday night. Um, a lot of good football, a lot of good games. I guess I did kind of talk about all these. Um, so yeah, it should be fun. Um, other notes in the NFL. There was a lot of talk. I mean, it's week 18, so like it happens, but um, there was a lot of talk about like, like bonuses or like, um, incentivize like sack total bonus like that's one of the things where like like three four years ago it was like oh like daniel hunter is like an incentive to get this many sacks like he's like one sack away so like maybe we'll see it and that would be something that was like said on the broadcast and it'd be like oh that's a cool little fun thing to listen to and then like when something niche like that Especially something niche where people can, like, know it and, like, pretend they know ball because they know this one little stat. Like, every single one of those type of things always becomes, like, way too big of a deal four years later. So, like, I'm getting ESPN alerts on whether TJ Watt got his sack total for the incentive this year. Like, I don't give a fuck in the grand scheme of things. Like, it's fun to be like, oh, he got money. Like, but I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter to me whether who got the money. Like... I don't need an ESPN alert telling me who made the most on their incentives in week 18. Like, what the f- Like, stuff like this, it just goes too far. Like, it was fun to be like, if you're watching the game, be like, so-and-so has, like, a total of tackles that they need to get. If they get four tackles in this game, then they get a bunch of money. Like, that's cool to be like, oh, did you get it or did you not? I don't need, like, like ESPN highlight clips of dudes reaching their incentive bonus. Like, it's, it's gone way too far. It, like stuff like this always goes way too far too. Um, I remember this happened in the like two years ago. It happened in the MVP voting um, in the N- in the NBA. People like realized that they don't like voting for the same guy three years in a row. So there's this thing called voter fatigue that like people started talking about. And then like two years later, like voter everybody that thinks they knows ball knows voter fatigue and is talking about it all the time. And pretending it's like it's the most important thing. It's not really. It doesn't really matter. Also, I'm calling my shot on this one. The 
It happened this past week, too. The On the kickoff, the guy, like, putting his foot out of bounds or, like, leaning out of bounds or laying out of bounds, so his feet are out of bounds, and he touched the ball to get a 40-yard penalty on the kickoff. That is going to be one of those things that in two years is going to be, like, a thing. Like, right now, it's still, oh, this guy knows the rule book a ton. Like, not, like anybody who's watched, like, a couple YouTube compilations has seen, like, a dude be, do that and be like, oh, really good play there. And, like, kind of knows that rule. If that happens, like, three or more times, it's going to be, like, national headlines when somebody does that. And it's for no reason. I don't know if any of that past, like, ten minutes of me talking made any sense about any of that, but let me know, I guess. Um... <clears throat> Niche stuff like that, especially if it's niche stuff where you can say it and feel like you know ball, that always becomes like way too mainstream. It always does. Anyway, I'm trying to think of other examples, but I think I've said enough. Um, talked about firing Brable. Stupid. That was one of my notes. Um, all right. Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show. Got to talk about it. Um, Like, he's talking about the Epstein list and COVID and, like, Jimmy Kimmel being a pedophile. Like, first of all, like, he's a loser. Jimmy Kimmel's probably not a pedophile. And, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, my gosh, like, he for sure was serious or whatever. But, like, what do we, like... Is this good content for ESPN to have him just, like, randomly, like, implicating celebrities on their airways? I feel like they're very exposed to to lawsuit on that. Also, like, talking about, like, COVID, like, regardless of how you feel about COVID, like, if you know me, you know that I'm probably on the opposite end of, or I'm definitely on the opposite end of the COVID thought than Aaron Rodgers, but also, like... The second I got my vaccines, I, like, didn't give a shit about it anymore, and I didn't want to hear about it anymore. Like, I'm not I'm not one of those people that's still wearing a mask in 2024. I, I, like, my opinion on the whole thing is, like, regardless of what side of COVID you're on, like, how, your opinion on it, if you still care about it in 2024, you're a massive loser. And so to, like, go on to, so, like, I'm saying, like, the people that are still, like, oh, it was fake in 2024, you're a loser because, like, it's over. Who cares anymore? And the people who are, like, still wearing a mask or, like, still posting Instagram stories about it in 2024, like, you're a loser, too, because, like, it's over. Even though at one point I probably agreed with one of those people more than the other, like, you're still both losers. And so, like, to go on to a national broadcast and you're, like, a, one of the best NFL quarterbacks of all time and, but like, you're still, like, talking about COVID in 2024, like... Like, how much more of a loser could you be? And, like, like who is even, like, signing up for that content? Other than, like, Aaron Rodgers stands. And obviously, like, I'm an Aaron Rodgers hater because he played for the Packers forever. But, like, what even is that? Anyway. I don't need the Pat McAfee show to be canceled over it or whatever. But it's just, like, like, I believe they're all losers for, like, being like, yeah, that's cool. Like... Let's bring Aaron Rodgers back next week so we can talk about COVID some more. Like, what the fuck? Um, Belichick got fired. I called for it midseason in the pod that I think I had to not post because it was broken or whatever. Um, I didn't really call for it. I was like, this is gonna, potentially going to happen. Um, 
obviously it's like, oh, he's like the winningest coach in NFL history, like won the most Super Bowls, blah, blah, blah. But it like clearly it wasn't working. And there wasn't a lot of way forward because of the decisions that he made. And so if that's the case, then you have to fire him. And that's what I was saying earlier. Like, it doesn't matter who he is, you have to fire him. And they're going to call it a mutually parted ways, etc. But like, he has to be gone either way. Um, so they need a new real general manager. And I like, if I'm Robert Kraft, who I believe is basically pulling the strings now because there was no GM other than Belichick and Belichick's obviously gone. So if I'm Robert Kraft, I know football pretty well. I think he does as an owner, at least I'm moving in a completely different direction, sort of new GM that like knows football now. Belichick knew football 10 years ago very well, but it was never really great at the GM stuff. Wasn't good at the draft. Just picked players that he thought he'd like when you could have gotten them four rounds later, that type of thing. Um, wasn't good at choosing his assistant coach as well. Um, talked about the Patricia Joe Judge stuff. We talked about that a bunch. Um, I'm going into a new direction. Somebody like Quasi. I'm not sure Quasi's even good, but somebody like that who has sort of a new approach and then bring in Vrabel who has a touch of like the old Patriot way to him. He kind of coached the Titans like the Patriots um, and knows what it's like to win with not that much talent, which is going to be how the Patriots are for the next few years to the men. Hopefully build that talent, build around a new quarterback. Don't know if you draft Jaden Daniels three or if you try to move up. Don't think either the commanders or the bears are going to move down, but is Jaden Daniels a good enough player to be pick three? I don't know. Um, probably is, I guess. I don't know. He's a quarterback. You need one. Uh, I think you just kind of like have to start new. Be like, we. if you try to do Bill Belichick again when he's not there, like it's not going to work. So I think they start new. Vrabel is like, feels like an obvious choice. Almost like so obvious that it might not happen. If that makes sense. But it probably will. Um... Other coaching vacancies right now are the Titans, Raiders, Falcons, Commanders, Panthers, and Chargers. I think that's all of them. Um, if Jim Harbaugh goes to the NFL, I feel like the Falcons and the Chargers are a spot for him. Um, maybe the Raiders, they like a big splash. As I mentioned the Raiders earlier, they should just get Antonio Pierce back. But technically, there's still a vacancy because he's technically still the interim. Um the Titans are fucked. They just fired the best coach on the market. Um, so I don't And maybe they, I don't know. Maybe they get Bill. Um, but yeah, Panthers are also fucked. Because nobody wants to coach for that owner or really that team right now. That it doesn't have a lot of talent and probably pick the wrong quarterback with the first overall pick. Um, we'll see what happens. Falcons look decent if they can get a quarterback because the weapons around them are great. Uh, let's go to college. Um, national championship game happened. Um, Michigan won by kind of a lot of points. Um, I wrote down in my notes I prematurely ejaculated over penis. That's obviously like bait. That's a joke. Ha ha ha. But like I was, I think we all were a little bit caught up in the moment with his game against Texas because um, he was not good against Michigan. There was a, obviously the loss by a lot of points. Um, and for most of the game, they were not, they were pretty clearly not as good as Michigan up front in the run defense. Um, 
just kind of in general, couldn't move the ball against Michigan's offense. But there was a good quarter and a half of the game, like one and a half quarters of the game from like sort of in the middle area, like just before halftime when they got right back into it. And then most of the third quarter where Michigan was not scoring points. They were turning the ball over. They were punting. Um, They weren't really – the dominance that they had in the first quarter was not present in that third quarter in the back half of the second quarter. And in those moments, Washington's offense and Michael Penis, like that was a wide open door, wide open opportunity to get back in that game, to tie it up, to take a lead. And they didn't do it ever. They never scored. They also didn't score on that. Like they, when Michigan faltered, Washington also faltered on offense. And there was a lot of like kind of missed wide open throws from Penis. Um, some throws into coverage where he had a guy on the weak side that was wide open. Um, a lot of all the mistakes that he was not making against Texas and all the throws that he was making against Texas, like the opposite was happening. So he was making mistakes judgment wise and then also missing throws. And like I said this earlier, but like as accurate and as good as he was against Texas, like he was that bad against Washington. Like, all across the board, like, accuracy, decision-making, whatever. You know what I mean. Um, I feel like Washington, mm, I feel like they run the ball too much. Like, obviously, Michael Penis wasn't playing well or whatever, but, like, they're technically an air raid offense, I think. I'm not an X's and O's guy, as, as I mentioned, but, like, they do a lot of air raid concepts. But, like, just pass on first down more often. Just, like, let him get into a rhythm, pass on first down. I don't like Washington's run game much at all. Like, I don't... I know they like to pound it a little bit, like, but I just don't really like it. I feel like it's not effective. Um, and I don't have the stats in front of me to prove that one way or another, but it just felt like this game needed to be a Michael Penis beats you game, and they didn't completely turn it over to Michael Penis, and he obviously didn't play well. So, like, it is what it is, but... I think from the jump, it needed to be more aggressive passing on first and second down with Michael Penis because that's how they were going to win. If you were trying to out-physical Michigan in the run game on either side, you're going to lose. But the big, in theory, the big advantage that Washington had in this game, the reason that I picked them is that Michael Penis is the best quarterback that they've... Probably the best quarterback in college football, maybe. And certainly the best quarterback that Michigan has played that year. And certainly way better than J.J. McCarthy or Jaden Milrow. Who is who Michigan faced in the first round. But they didn't, they didn't, I, at least I don't feel like they turned the ball over to, um, they just didn't hand the game to Michael Penis in the way that I thought they should have. Um, by the way, by the way, I remember, uh, another niche thing that became way too mainstream. Um, after you lose a big game, sitting on the field, and like watching the celebration so that the cameras can take pictures of you watching the celebration. That is like, that is a thing in the, um, it first happened with Stefan Diggs when Patrick Mahomes had 13 seconds and it was too much time for Patrick Mahomes. And they went and lost. It was that crazy bills chiefs playoff game. Um, Stefan Diggs like sat there and watched the chiefs like party a little. 
And then, like, it's happened a few times since then. I don't know who which player it was, but one of the one of the um, Washington players did it in the national championship game. Sat there and watched the party. You lost by twenty one fucking points. That's just like so clearly a. I saw people like stuff. Uh, I saw people suck Stefan Diggs' dick on Twitter for doing this three years ago. So I'm gonna do it now. It's not the same, bro. You lost by like twenty points. I don't know if that's the same exact thing as the niche thing or if that's more like the celebration thing where, like, nobody has any original thoughts, but whatever. Um, we covered the national championship game. Saban's retiring. Um, I feel like we didn't know this was coming. I feel like the Belichick thing is equally as big, but we kind of felt it was coming. Saban retiring, I'm not sure we knew it was coming. He is old, obviously. Uh, I think he's in his 70s, which like is definitely a retirement kind of age. But um, I feel like we didn't know this was coming. I saw a uh, TikTok comment that said Dan Lanning is already in Tuscaloosa. I think that's not true. Dan Lanning's coach of Oregon. A lot of people also in conversation, Dabo Sweeney, I don't think they would do that because he doesn't feel like a very good coach right now. Um, Mike Norvell from Florida State, maybe, I guess. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian from Texas. I'm not sure why Steve would do that because Texas is better than Alabama right now, and also also in the SEC, and also also a huge brand. So I don't don't I don't think Steve would do that. Um, there's one other, uh, Lane Kiffin. I've seen people talk about Lane Kiffin a little bit. Um. I don't think Alabama would do that. It just doesn't feel right for some reason. I feel like at Alabama they need like a very like stable, like grumpy old coach like Nick Saban, not like a Lane Kiffin who like has a little bit too much fun. Dan Lanning is probably like the number one candidate, I think. It seems like everybody wants him. But also like, would he really want to leave Oregon that badly? I mean, they just were... a bad half against Washington away from making the playoffs. He's already building something. Alabama's probably going to lose a lot of people to the portal. Can play in the Big Ten, which should be easier to win than the SEC, even though there's a lot of good teams in the Big Ten, too. Um, I don't know. I, I I just feel like if I'm Dan Lanning, I don't want to move, but like I just don't want to move in general, like as me, as Allen. But um, I don't know. We'll see. Well, so, like, I mentioned they might lose a lot of people to the portal. I don't really know. I feel like Nick Saban is a lot of it, but, like, also I feel like Alabama is a very relevant school, even without him, and, like, one of the best schools in the country, even without him. I don't know how many people they're actually going to lose. Um, all right, we covered college football. The Wolves. This podcast is running along. We're already almost at an hour. Shit. Um, Wolves are two and two since the last pod. So another sort of 500 week. Sort of win some, we lose some. We're kind of a 500 team at this point for the past like month almost. Um, we killed the Rockets the day after the last pod came out. Um, 
I think we shot a higher percentage from three than they did from the floor in general. I think we shot 42, and they shot 40. Um, something like that. I mean, we killed them. We It was a dominating game, whatever. All is good. I think some of the loons had money on that game. They know ball. We killed them. Um, I think we played everybody on the team except for Leonard Miller. Which, by the way, whoever would told me that Leonard Miller was going to be like a difference maker for the Wolves, you're stupid. I know who it was. It was Kevin O'Connor on Twitter. Um, close loss to the Mavs a couple days later. Um, 34 from Luka, 35 from Kyrie. Those guys are going to get theirs. They're good players, really good players. Um, we were up 106 to 100. So the game ended 115 to 108. We had 106, and they had 100 with three and a half minutes left. So that means over the last three and a half minutes, we only scored two points, and they scored 15. So that's not good. Um, a lot of miss, like I think we only, mostly only took three pointers, except for like one ant dunk in there, and we missed all the three pointers. A couple turnovers here and there. Um, Luca and Kyrie kept cooking, and they beat us. And it wasn't even that close in the end. But um, that's a game that we should have won when we're up 106. To, or at least it should be like... You can't, you can't have a 15-2 run to end the game. That's just not that's not good. Um, this team was really, really good in clutch moments. Um, through the first couple months of the season, they were very good. One of the best teams in basketball in clutch moments. Um, the thing about clutch games and like close games is that they're always kind of luck-based, and sometimes that stuff kind of regresses to the mean. Um, and so you're always going to, like... We're used to this team winning close games. We're always going to, like, lose a couple close games that you're like, oh, we won those last month. That just that stuff kind of happens. Um, and so this is maybe a sign that, like, we're not as good as we thought we were in clutch situations, but some of that might be luck. Um, we'll revisit that in a second. Um, we killed the Magic, and the Magic are a good team, um, so, it's, I mean, they're not as good as us, but it's an accomplishment to go into Orlando, to beat the brakes off of them, dominate the entire game, Cat had a big night, also, like, posterized the shit out of Franz Wagner, um, Ant, like, wasn't good, and I think he was hurt at one point, but... To dominate the game the way we did against a pretty good team when our best player wasn't playing well and was hurt at points. You know, 25 or something from Cat at 21 from Gobert, I think. Now, both those guys in the 20s dominate the entire game. Great game. No notes, really. Like Then, on the second half of a back-to-back, we go to the Celtics. We go to Boston. So we're flying from Orlando to Boston overnight to then play the best team in basketball and we went to overtime against them lost in overtime close loss in overtime but we had a seven point lead with we had a seven point lead with two minutes roughly a little over two minutes left in the fourth quarter and then jason tatum went for a little spurt of six we missed some shots turns the ball over a couple times and all of a sudden, we're going to overtime. Then in overtime, Ant 
misses shots, turns the ball over, forces things a little bit too much. We end up losing by seven or something. I think it was seven. 127-120. So this Celtics game, obviously, to play the best team in basketball and a ferocious team on offense and defense that makes you work really hard, after an overnight flight on the second half of a back-to-back, to like even be in that game is a testament to how good this team is. To play the Celtics on the second half of back-to-back, like it's not a not like you're not expecting to win that game. And so, like whatever I'm about to say is all under the sort of umbrella of we weren't expected to win this game. That being said, if you're up seven with two minutes left. That's a game you should close out. And it's two losses in a row. And if you think about it, the Lakers win where LeBron's toenail was on the line was kind of like this too, where we have a pretty good lead with a couple minutes left and we just kind of take the foot off the gas and then lose. And if LeBron's three went in, we might have lost that game too. So that's like three games in the past two weeks that have kind of had the same pattern where we're We're in the game, you know, punch for punch the entire game against a good team, a good offensive team. And then we build a little bit of a lead with a couple minutes left and we take the foot off the gas. We won one of them. We lost two of them. Obviously, as I said, second hand of a back-to-back, it is what it is. But if you look at the three teams that we've lost, or the three teams that this has happened against, the Lakers have LeBron and Anthony Davis. The Mavs have Kyrie and Luka. Celtics have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, whatever. In those teams, LeBron is a killer. Luka and Kyrie are killers. Jason Tatum is a killer. Jalen Brown, eh. Anthony Davis, eh. But each of those teams has killers. We need a killer. Right now, Anthony Edwards is not a killer. He's a very good player. But he needs to, like the way that Kobe used to close games down, he was a killer. He was the closer. We need that from Anthony Edwards, and it's not quite there yet. And I think it's okay to be like, he's a really good player, but it's not. he's not ready to be that guy yet. We know Cat will never be that guy. Obviously, Rudy isn't. That's a different type of player. So of the three stars on our team, it has to be Anthony Edwards. And it has to, if this team is going to win the finals or make the playoffs, it has to happen quickly. And the reason why this year they probably won't win the finals, even though they're a very good team, is because they're a talented team that doesn't quite have that I'm-gonna-murder-you sort of sense. If you think about Steph Curry. Steph Curry down like four points in the fourth quarter. You're dead. Like, you're dead. Because he's going to close out. He's going to make a couple long threes. He's going to get in the paint. Like, and that's the reason like a guy like Embiid wins the MVP, but he doesn't have any success in the playoffs is like the whistles get a little bit tighter he can't sort of kill put teams away like that and so that's what we need anthony edwards to become and i think that he was that for much of the first part of the season um we were kind of winning clutch games but and we won that clutch game against the celtics in like week two or whatever this season but it's fallen off a little bit from him a little bit um and I think if he becomes that more consistently, 
sort of somebody that people are very afraid to face in the fourth quarter. I think that's what we want. Right now, he really wants to be that guy. Now, that's why he's kind of forcing things, but um, we need him to really grow into that guy. Um, that being said, we're fine. We're going to be a top four seed in the West, at least, even if we kind of never reach the, like, domination that we had in the first couple months, which we very well, very well might again, but we'll see. How we do in the playoffs is really, like, how intense can this defense be and how much of a killer can Anthony Edwards be? Um, twins. Joe Maurer's up for, uh, there's nothing going to happen with the Twins. They've made one move. Josh Stalmont, whatever. So, really, the only news Twins world is uh, Joe Maurer and whether he makes the Hall of Fame or not. Um, a lot of ballots coming in. Right now, he's, like, at 82, 3% or something like that of the ballots that are known, which I believe is, like, a fifth of the ballots, um, I could be getting that so wrong, but I think I'm all right. Um, and if I understand the voting process first, most of the people that post their ballots are like post their ballots on Twitter. That's like how we know where he's at. Most of the people that do that are the people that vote for more people and are like generally more generous. They're the newer voters that are more generous with putting people in the hall. The remaining half or more than half or four-fifths, I don't actually know the number, um, of people that don't post their stuff are more likely to keep people out of the hall. So, um, than the people that post their ballots. So there, there's more likely to be the older writers that vote for the Hall of Fame that want it to be, like, just a few people for a class and aren't going to vote for as many people. Um, <coughs> so I think... We have seen it on X from people that may or may not actually know what they're talking about is that compared to the ballots that we know about that are posted on Twitter that are counted up, um, they're not actually counted up officially, but there's a Twitter account that counts them up and like gives people percentages of those ballots that we know about, the actual number ends up being about 10% worse than that. And so if Maurer's at 83% right now, he'd be at like 73%, um, by the end of the process, which would not be good enough because you need 75% to make it in. Um, the good news is he'll make it in eventually because a lot of people don't vote for people just because it's their first time. There's a reason first ballot Hall of Famer is a big thing. He'll make it on the second and third probably. Um, there's a lot of discourse about like Twins fans not liking Joe Maurer to be in the Hall of Fame or like not thinking he's deserving. I think this is another thing where there's enough Twins fans that are like, they're like so annoying about how much they love Joe Maurer that everybody that kind of thinks they knows they know ball is like, no, he's actually not. Like I'm so unbiased, I'm not like clouded by my Twins fandom that like, <clears throat> I think Joe Maurer shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame because like all these other people that only think through their Twins brain think he should be i now think he shouldn't be but like objectively he should be like the best hitting catcher of all time probably in terms certainly in terms of batting titles numbers are right there against guys like yadier molina who many people would say is a shoe into the hall of fame um right next to their right next to the numbers of johnny bench type of guy um obviously he didn't play catcher for his entire career but he was still a pretty good <laughs> pretty good hitter after that um and certainly in this sort of era where we're going to not vote for any of the steroids people, a guy that's like nice and 
never cheated and is like good like wholesome qualities or whatever to him is always going to get in so he's going to make it in and if you're like cheering against that as a twins fan you're a loser and you don't know ball as much as you think you do um at andy pugliano um who's not really a twins fan but whatever um sorry goose andy pugliano all right post game um talk last week about the resis the new year's resolutions um they're going well i'm not gonna lie um one of them was hard body um went for a run like the next day my entire body hurt um a couple days later played volleyball for like two and a half hours my entire body hurt been in the gym too been tearing it up in the welly so uh hard body is loading we're doing good there um the other big thing was said that I was looking for a 40-hour-a-week job to do on the side of, you know, while I take the loon to the moon. Um, have a 40-hour-a-week job on the side to pay the bills. Um, Loki kind of got hired for one two days ago. Um, was looking for a job for like a week and a half. Got one interview. I thought it was an interview, an interview for a 15-hour or a $15 an hour internship, which is like not good money, not enough to live. But I was like, okay, it'll be part-time. I'll do that, build some experience. The job was like at the opera company in um, Miami. Um, so like I'm very qualified for it because obviously I'll have a master's in music and it was like a job working in like development, which is a lot of writing and communication and stuff. I have an English degree, whatever. So I go to the interview. I'm like, all right, this will be like a fun little part-time job. I'll probably get it build some experience and then um i'll need to have another job on the other side that maybe will be paying more but i'll use this experience to maybe get a bigger job after this about halfway through the interview the lady was like yeah we'd love to like like we're excited about the idea of you being a full-time grant writer when you graduate and i was like well i can't be full-time for 15 dollars an hour like i will not be able to make a living and then she's like, no, like you'd be, make a real salary. And I was like, oh, like bet. Like that sounds sick. Now, I just, so do I just have a job now? Um, nothing's confirmed. Nothing's official. And I'm going to like be working part time for them during the school until May. But then working full time from there is my understanding, which great. You know, the whole plan was to have a full-time job that pays the bills well i take the loon to the moon so i you know looked for like a week and a half and then got that which is a lot easier than i expected it to be as long as it all goes through which i'm knocking on wood right now to make sure no whammies but um but yeah that's the update on the resis um really my only post game this week that's kind of the big news um yeah so we'll see um should be fun I, it'll probably be boring the job to be honest it's a lot of writing which is like kind of boring if it's not about fun stuff but you know i wasn't going to be hired to be ceo of google right out of music school so um i think we take that uh yeah that's it um i don't know what emoji 100 emoji because i'm making money no the money emoji because i'm stacking bread no the bread emoji because i'm stacking bread that's it. Bye.